Notes from the Upper West Side, a novel by Dan Wrench. Chapter 13, Ladies and Gentlemen, Bangalore, Springfield. One of Parb's pals back then was, and I guess still is, an Indian stand-up comic named Bangalore Springfield. You haven't heard of him. Or hell, who knows, by the time anyone reads this, he may have had his friars roast already, or whatever it is they call that thing they do on that channel. I saw his act down at Viders once. It was okay. You know, at least it wasn't embarrassing to watch like a lot of live comedy shows. His act is pretty much about what it's like to be a goofy foreigner in a goofy country with goofy parents and a goofy job while trying to fuck somebody with a sweet ass. In his act, he's got this thick Indian accent. In real life, he sounds like he comes from Brooklyn or maybe Providence, Rhode Island. He also has this almost permanent squint in his right eye that everyone notices but nobody mentions. On that first day of shooting Little Round Jewish Hat, two days after vanquishing the wife in the previously narrated no-holds-barred domestic smackdown, Bang and I were standing sort of next to each other while the film crew did film crew work just a few feet away. He had this big grin on his face like he was thrilled to be there. Amateur. Parp was up on a ladder twisting a bolt into a big theater light. I just finished asking him if he was still enjoying Christine, the hot blonde 40-year-old. I was seeing Christine for a couple months, he said. But she kept telling me that women don't like guys with really long hair. And women don't like guys who spend a lot of time shopping for moisturizers. And women don't like guys who look at themselves in the mirror all the time. Wow, I gig cackled. <laughs> in other words, women don't like you. Uh, <laughs> Bang laughed. The laugh took me by surprise. It was like hearing a goose hiccup. Yeah, Parp said. Finally, I told her to stop calling herself women. Ha, <laughs> said Bang. You tell my wife I'm a man. I haven't got the slightest idea what men want. You think because you've got a G-spot, you get to speak for the four billion other people with G-spots? I have a nose. And speaking as the haver of a nose, I'd like you to stop talking and start blowing. Start blowing your nose, I asked. Good catch, said Bang. I should definitely change that to sucking. Fucking comics. Every conversation is a rehearsal. Or make it about something besides your cock, said Bobby Whispers, who was up on another ladder next to Parps. Oh no, said Bang. This is show business. It has to be a blowjob. Bobby gave him a funny look. Bang gave him a funny look back. Parp was grim. What's really funny, he said, is that they think they know what women want because it's what they, their friends, and Oprah want. They don't know you can walk three blocks and find women who think Oprah is a frigid twat. Yeah, said Bang. Any bar on the Lower East Side. Then Bobby said, Monday pretty much thinks Oprah's a frigid, you know, you're shitting me, I laughed. Maybe not in those words, but, um, you know what? I'm gonna tell her that, and she may put it in her next tattoo. Parp laughed. Bang did that goose hiccup again. Uh, <laughs> Lucky bastard. 
Whispers, I mean. In case you don't know, Mondy McDade wrote Not on the Hood of My Car, which was on the radio five times an hour in the summer of 83. And she had tattoos which were not really that common on babes in the 80s. In his Rolling Stone interview, Derek Mool of the Belly Shells said that the best blowjob he'd ever gotten was from Mondy McDade. I think Oprah's a frigid twat. It was a chick's voice, so we all turned to look. The voice belonged to a stand-in sitting on the set getting lights on her. Pretty. Dark. Hey! She shouted to a bunch of chicks sitting out on the chairs. Is Oprah a frigid twat or what? They all shouted, Twat! And, Fuck Oprah! Some of them clapped. I've got a rigid twat Oprah can suck. One of them said. Rigid. I've got a stiff little post the twat can lick for me. I think I may have shivered a little. It was like, this is my home and these are my people. Babes who say things like, suck my snatch and give me that cock. I cursed myself for all the times I'd taken them for granted. And right now, remembering those girls, those lovably sloppy girls who I later denounced in a fit of middle-class hauteur brought on by a reawakened spirituality. Oh God, if I could only go back in time and kick myself in the balls. A tear nearly comes to my eye. Just remembering that day we shot Little Round Jewish Hat. That first day. I'm getting all misty just from thinking about it. It was a whole mindset. God, I wish I could go back and hug every single one of the little twats. But enough of that. Back to the damn story. Actually, that first day we were shooting only a couple scenes from the video. They were going to shoot a couple more down at Viders the next day. Here's how that first day's location was laid out. We were at a tiny theater in the Garment District of New York City, about three blocks from Madison Square Garden. Shooting in a black box off-off-Broadway is a lot cheaper than renting a soundstage someplace. All the sound was going to be re-recorded in a studio anyway, so nobody cared about the sound of the car horns and the sirens and the pneumatic drills that bled in from the street while shooting the image. The tiny off-off theater? It was called Hannibal's Demise. That's where Parp and Pals decided to do their shooting. Our shooting. Picture this. You walk into a small office building. You go to the elevator bank at the back of the lobby, and there's a big door next to the elevator doors. Over this door is a sign that says, Hannibal's Demise. The guy who rents the place out pronounces it Demise. Yes, he is a pansy. You go through that big door. Suddenly, you're surrounded by risers. On the risers are chairs like movie theater chairs. There's an aisle through these risers that leads to a so-called stage that's really just a platform one foot off the floor and painted black. Everything is painted black. If you took the stage and risers out, it would look exactly like the empty cellar in the house of a suburban dominatrix. The stage walls were draped in bright green fabric so that a different background could be composited in later like they did with Star Wars. You can do that shit on a Mac. Parp ended up doing it for Little Round Jewish Hat. The stand-in, the pretty dark chick who screamed out, Is Oprah a frigid twat or what? was sitting right in the middle of the stage, about five feet in front of the green screen. And the chicks who called back to her were sprawled out in the theater seats on the risers like a bunch of mostly fuckable girl slobs. Coats everywhere. A prop table. Big boxes of crap. A portable freezer for sodas and a table with donuts and coffee gotta have your donuts and coffee. And Whispers and Parp? Like I said, they were climbing around on ladders along the green screen with some blonde Brit boy they called the Gaffotographer, because he was both cinematographer and gaffer. 
They had tape and twine in a big stapler they kept handing back and forth. There were two guys with black t-shirts adjusting settings on the camera really carefully like it was a nuclear weapon. These guys in the camera were between the stage and the risers. Me and Bang were standing kind of next to the camera guys. We each had a cup of coffee in our hands. Makeup Babe was about to get to us. Costume Babe had just checked our inseams. Ever meet one of those chicks who is essentially an armpit in a jumpsuit? That was Costume Babe. So, no inseam titillation that day. Sitting just behind us was Lenny Payne, the star of the video. The guy who sings the song and loses his yarmulke. He was getting all made up and wearing this costume that was just some lame suit that a college prof might wear. His jacket with elbow patches was pitched out on the risers somewhere behind him until he was actually needed on the set. Some young girl, maybe 15, with an incredible rack and exposed cleavage was making up his hands, for Christ's sake. So what are you doing here? Bang asked me. I'm an actor, hence the makeup and threads, I said. Oh yeah? Me too. No makeup though. For some reason, my skin is brownish colored already. He took a sip of his coffee from the donut shop paper cup. Maybe they could make my eyebrows darker. Nah, your eyebrows are to die for. So what do you do in real life? He asked. What's your job? What? What do you mean? What's your job? How do you make a living? Well, I'm an actor slash model. And when you're not modeling actor slash is what you do, I heard you were a bartender at one of the Blondie Stones in Midtown. Nope. Out. I cleared my throat. You know, a self-deprecating cough. If you watch sitcoms, you know the kind of cough I mean. <coughs> I tend bar at one of the Irish taverns at Midtown, the one on 50th near Broadway. And of course, you would not want to be mistaken for a Blonnie Stoner. Shit, I'm thinking. A second ago, I was an actor. Now I'm a fucking bartender. Did Parb tell you that, that I'm a bartender? I don't know. Is it a secret? Well, why are you so touchy about it? We all have day jobs. Although the comedy thing is kind of picking up for me. Well, I've been getting some good bites at auditions, I said. He smiled at me like he could tell I was full of shit. So, I said, were you born in India? I'm Jewish. I was born in Astoria. But you do such a great Indian accent. That's why they call it an act. Jesus, I said. Now who's being defensive? I'm not being defensive. I'm yanking your chain. Perhaps you know it is busting your balls. Or your chops. Your shoes. Stop me when I hit a noun you recognize. Hey, I said, don't you find this whole video vaguely insulting? What do you mean? You don't find it just a touch anti-Semitic? Why? Because the Jew gets the girl? Because he sings and dances in broad daylight in the middle of Soho? I was thinking the whole thing about calling a yarmulke a little round Jewish hat. He laughed. <laughs> what, so he should call it a large square Arab hat? This was starting to piss me off. Bang looked up at Parp on the ladder. Hey, Pop! He laughed. You anti-Semite, you! How dare you call it a little round Jewish hat? Parp looked at Bang and furrowed his brow. Then he looked at me. He rolled his eyes. Bang laughed again. <laughs> I really wanted the spotlight off me at that moment. So what's your real name? I asked, thinking I might get him on the defensive for a second. What do you mean? He asked. It can't be Bangalore Springfield. Of course not. Then what is it? Ringo Calzone. You're shitting me. Yes, he said. I am shitting you. How do you talk to a guy like that? I was all ready to find someplace else to stand when he said, Hey, doesn't Clay Libby work at the Irish Stone Blonnie? You know him? Wow. A sentence that wasn't trying to kick my ass. Yeah, I said. Went to school with him, too. Tens bar in the restaurant at the Commodore Hotel, though. It's kind of down the street from where I work. Bang crushed his cup. Libby really hates pop, huh? He said. 
Sure seems like it. Notes from the Upper West Side is a work of fiction. The people depicted in this work do not exist. Notes from the Upper West Side. Copyright 2013 to 2014 by Dan Wrench.